So, yeah, so I was chosen at the age of seven and turned professional at the age of 12 was my right. first tour. Right. So I, you know, already at a very early age beyond, you know, watching my parents really saw how business worked, whether right. it was with the stage managers, the lighting and, right. you know, traveling and uh, that type of thing. So I always had one eye out mm -hmm. on everyone else around me. You know, most dancers, it's about us, our body and being on stage. So welcome to the Meaningful Jobs podcast season two. I'm your host, Adrian, and today we're extremely honored to welcome Leslie Short, who is the owner of the Kawu Group um, and is a distinguished uh, entrepreneur for a long time already. So how are you doing, Leslie? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for the invite. No problem. And I'm um, very excited for this interview because um, I love interviewing entrepreneurs, um, you know, as one myself. Um, I understand all the difficulties, the challenges, an entrepreneur faces. But before diving into um, the two businesses that you currently own, um, can I first ask about, um, you know, how you started your career, your career before you entered into um, business? Absolutely. My first career was a classical ballet dancer. Oh, wow. So okay. I... That's completely different from what I was imagining. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was chosen at the age of seven and turned professional at the age of 12 was my right. first tour. Right. So I, you know, already at a very early age beyond, you know, watching my parents really saw how business worked, whether right. it was with the stage managers, the lighting and, right. you know, traveling and uh, that type of thing. So I always had one eye out mm -hmm. on everyone else around me. You know, most dancers, it's about us, our body and being on stage. Right. And so I didn't, I never knew what I would do with the other knowledge of how to run the lights, mm -hmm. but I knew that that was much more interesting than speaking about falling out of a pirouette, you know, a dance turn or something. Mm -hmm. And I was blessed enough to have a very long career. I was in Europe for 10 and a half years. I was in right. Asia, three and a half, all dancing. And when I got to Asia is where I retired in Japan right. or semi-technically retired and I opened up a theater, and wow. that was my first business venture. Yeah, exactly. Now, I I, so I go big never, or go home. You you've never actually been employed, like well, you've been technically, I guess. But you know, it, it seems like you venture straight into entrepreneurship from a young age. Absolutely, and I have friends to this day that was at the dinner in Japan, right? And that I made the deal to open up the theater, that I shook right. the hand of my business partner that went from being my boss to my business partner. Oh, wow. And my friends will say, you went from across the table to mm -hmm. one of them mm -hmm. in less than five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, how did that happen? You've got to tell us about this. I knew what I wanted in my head. I knew I kept passing this one um, venue that mm -hmm. was empty. And I kept saying, that's going to be my theater. And mm -hmm. I had the songs in my head and I had the choreography in my head and I had the wardrobe in my head. Right. I had the color of the theater. I knew how much I would charge for tickets. And so when he asked me, 
when I said to his wife, did you tell him what I want? And he's like, oh no, what does she want now? What's she fighting for, for the dancers now? She always wants something for them. And I said, no, I want a show. And he started asking me questions and I had the answers to them. Because mm. it all was in my head. Can and I ask, he shook my hand. And can said, I ask yes. if he is a local uh, Japanese guy or what nationality? He is. Oh wow! Because it's 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 so, it's notoriously difficult to, you know, get into Japanese society, and you did. Yes, and that's what everyone kept saying. Like, I don't think you know what you did. I have a friend now that's like, you have no idea what you did. Mm -hmm. You one woman. Gaijin, you know, a woman with a mouth, Gaijin, black, you know, American, like I think the list is this long or why yeah. it shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. But he was a businessman mm. and everything that he was asking, I had already thought through. Mm. And so when the deal happened and when it opened, I had death threats. I was really, really? culture, like, wow. you know, Japan, you know, I was, why am I here? Why am I, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And, but when it opened, it became um, one of the top four businesses of Japan for, for 1992, 94, 92 now. Wow. And, you know, I understood and I opened it for the culture that was there, not for the culture I thought it should be. And I think that's why it became successful because I listened to the consumer and I asked them what they wanted and mm. they grew with me in the show. I see. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's quite an adventure by itself. So how long were you like in this business for? I did that for about two and a half years. And then I decided to come back to America because I had not been living in America for 13 and a half years. Wow. And that maybe... I think I want to produce for television. Maybe there's something here for me. Mm -hmm. And I came back. I sold the theater and I came back and I interned. Oh, wow. So, I, awesome. so because I said, I have this amazing career, mm -hmm. but no one knows who I am here. Mm. People don't know my work ethic. Mm -hmm. So I will get in the door any way I can. Mm. And I walked in the door by interning and then being an audience person. And yep. when the opportunity came to be a production assistant, I took it. I was a production assistant for less than two weeks before I became a producer. Right. Uh, because, right. you know, they saw the way that I worked and they were given us tasks and the opportunity was there. Yeah. So, you know, it's always, it's about being prepared. I see a common theme. So like you got, you, you, you secured a business partnership in five minutes. And you got promoted um, in two weeks. So, you know, <laughs> things that normally happen for a long time with other people happen really quickly with you. Any particular, you know, um, well, secret or success behind this, you think? You know what? I do a lot of studying on my own, but mm -hmm. I'm studying. You know, I always tell everyone, read the room. And so I was very good about reading the room. What was missing? What, what could I offer that could mm -hmm. be a little bit different? And if anyone's ever produced for television, it's just like, you know, your PA, everyone's the same. Every, every associate producers, everyone's, you know, but I always, I also had so much different culture to bring with me by not having lived in this country, right. you know, in America for, for 13 and a half years. So I could bring that. Mm. I had other connections, mm -hmm. you know, in the entertainment field where 
we were doing a show, I could call on those on those friends that yeah. at that point were successful in the industry mm. where I didn't have to go through the agents. I could pick up the phone call and go, hey, what are you doing? Can you come do something? Mm -hmm. And so that's, I'm always pushing myself mm -hmm. to learn something new, to see what's available. Um, like right. now I'm in a psychology class. <laughs> okay. Well, you're all over the place in a good way. But yeah, but the psychology as I'm going through it and I'm reading about fraud and, and fraud and I'm going, Sigma Freud, you were doing diversity, equity, and inclusion back then. Because it's the same things I'm saying to people, how we react to each other mm -hmm. is really psychology, how we think, how we move. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to add some of that history mm -hmm. into having conversations is great. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you found meaning in, first of all, what you what you did as um, a ballet teacher and, you know, in opening uh, a theater in Japan. So my theater was, I was choreographing and directing. I love what I do. Number one, I love life. Let's put it that right. way. Right. There's That's important. <laughs> I enjoy, there is always something to learn. There's mm -hmm. always something to do. There's always sometimes you just need to sit down and do nothing and learn nothing and just right. be with yourself. <laughs> right. And it's understanding that. There's no one that can tell me that I belong somewhere, mm -hmm. I get to decide where I belong. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I never was scared to walk into a place and say, I have something to offer here, as opposed to someone telling me, this is all we want from you. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't right, then I had my own power strength to say, well, I guess I'm going. Can you tell and me a bit more about, you know, when you said, you know, Nobody can tell me where I belong. Can you maybe like explain a little bit about what you mean by this? Yes. Well, you know, in, in business, especially here in the States, that word is they're taking away diversity and they're saying inclusion and belonging, equity and belonging. Mm. You have to belong here. And I'm like, there's no job in the world that can tell me <laughs> where I belong. Belonging mm. is your own feeling. It's your own spirit. It's your own gut that allows you to say, this is a place where I can show who I am and share what I do, mm -hmm. as opposed to someone telling me you fit in here. Mm -hmm. And when they tell you that you fit in there for as long as they want you to fit in. Mm. My, my, my question, my yes. question would be, because I'm very intrigued by this, because, um, and I've got no, I've not really thought of this before, but, you know, when you said, you know, not having to force yourself to fit into any group. Doesn't that make you feel lonely or anxious at some point? Like, because as humans, it's normal for us, for human nature to have to have a sense of belonging to somewhere. So how do you cope with that? I think everyone has a tribe somewhere, but right. I don't have to. One, I don't have to have it at work. Mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. it in me first. You know, yeah. my, I have a, a my faith bases me is that's my foundation. So I I'm never alone. There's loneliness. There can be times where there's loneliness where I'm working on something and I don't want to be around anyone until it's baked in my head and then right. I step out. But there's 
there's people that you gravitate to and you enjoy, Hmm. but that doesn't make my life that enhances my life. Hmm. If that makes sense to you. Right. Right. And when you start getting older, you really start realizing the people you spend time with, how Hmm. you move, where you go, you want meaning to it. You want purpose to it. Mm -hmm. And so hanging out and we have a bunch of people around us. I always use the analogy and it happened the other day. If you fall and you bust your head wide open, who are the people that stay? Who's the person that calls? Who's the people that runs? And who actually holds your head? Hmm. Well, I can imagine, you know, in business, um, there can be quite a lot of people who don't have your best interests at heart. So, you know, when I started my business, I did feel, uh, I did feel lonely at times because there are things that you just go through without other people knowing. So it seems like you found, you know, a formula to cope with this um, by, you know, automatically filtering out people who don't really support you and those who who will. Um, Any, again, like any personal experience that you can share that helps you reach the stage you are today? I think it's really is who do you have around you? And that may, they may not be in your field. Mm. They may just be a great sounding board. It may be that person that just, you know, you're going to call them and Mm. all you're going to do is laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, that you have that person that you're going to call and be like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And they'll be like, get it together. We all (laughs) need this friend. You need those friends. Mm. Those are true friends. Mm. And then if you're working on something, you have to be willing to say it's not working or I believe when mm-hmm. I first started the Kava group and, and some people were like, and this was before the, the buzz of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Someone said to me, and I'll never forget in a cocktail party, who's going to need that. Mm-hmm. And I, I still laugh every time I see him now. I'm like, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you need this now. Right. And But I believed in the way that I wanted to structure my company and how I wanted to work and the conversations that I wanted to have with people Mm. were going to be different. That was that was already in the market. Mm. But I had to do my research. I had to do my homework. And so, yes, there was times I had to be quiet. Yeah. And then you have to have that trusted circle that you run ideas by. And well, I think this leads me to, you know, my next set of questions, which is about. Um, your current business, um, the Kavu Group. So you mentioned, you know, diversity and inclusion not being a buzzword in the past, but obviously now everybody's talking about it. Um, how do you define these words yourself? Absolutely. So diversity is race, gender, LGBTQ+, disabilities, sight seen, and those unseen, and veterans are still under that umbrella. Equity mm. equals access. That mm. means I need to go in and have the tools to understand how the system works, how mm. I can upscale, how I can learn something new, how I get promoted, who do I speak to? It's access mm-hmm. to, and access to opportunity. Inclusion mm-hmm. is a feeling. Inclusion is the way that you build your company culture. Is It's not being invited in the room because you can invite anyone in the room. Once mm-hmm. I'm in the room, do I have the instructions, what I need to do to help maneuver that room? And then you can let me loose. And I can say hello to people. 
But it's like going to a party and someone says, oh, I want you to meet this person and meet that person and meet that person. And you go, that's inclusion. Now you have to continue that inclusion, right? Or mm. you can stand in the corner after you've met everyone mm. and you can see how else you connect. That's inclusion. It's a feeling. It's an action. So, so you said, you know, uh, inclusion is a feeling, um, which can be a bit vague to some people. So, you know, where would you draw the line in terms of what is an acceptable feeling or what isn't? I can't say that because that's the whole point. Inclusion is different for each of us. Mm -hmm. Someone may go in and just be happy to be in the room. Mm. I go in the room and I'm like, um, where's the instructions? How do I maneuver? Or what's going on here? I need mm. details. Mm. And then I can find my way through the room. Mm -hmm. Someone else may need to be in the room with directions and an introduction. Mm. So each person comes in with who they are mm. of what they need. So it's up to a job or business to create the culture of openness, understanding, welcomeness, knowledge. That's mm. where culture comes in. You can't have any of this without having a strong foundation of a culture. I'd be very interested in learning about how you consult businesses um, because obviously um, diversity and inclusion are important aspects. Um, but, you know, based on my um, personal experience a business exists because it does to a certain extent have to make money otherwise nobody would have a job so how, how do you find a balance between you know allowing people to express themselves and you know a business still you know not losing its own direction well let's be honest it comes back to culture so what's your foundation diversity equity and inclusion is not an add-on that's where the confusion is mm-hmm Mm -hmm. part it should be found on the foundation of how you run your business it's been proven that diversity of thought and diversity of people diversity of culture is a plus for business for you to make money so therefore how do you educate leadership to understand that their directors and managers anyone that this is important part of what the foundation in the thread of a company is and how do you allow people to um, have a voice within those meetings when it's right? I'm very interested in the part where you said that diversity and inclusion helps businesses make more money, you know, in, you know, certain research studies. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about this? Well, think about it. If everyone comes in and everyone's dressed the same, looks the same, thinks the same, you're going to market the same. Mm -hmm. Now, that may be all you want that market mm -hmm. but if you come in and you have you and i are in a room other people are in a room you're like that would be amazing in my culture if you tweak it like this or have this person have this conversation the mm -hmm. doors will open i say you know what let's cross promote that and then add this on they've opened two markets and they set at the table mm -hmm. and so that's where it comes in to understand that each person now of course it a company of 500, 800, there's still a way to hear voices. Mm -hmm. Everyone may not be at the decision-making table, but there are ways to be able to understand these different cultures that are within your company on how you can make it exterior company mm -hmm. to make money. It is well, a business at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's true that, you know, just having one voice is not going to make the cut for a lot of businesses. But also I would ask is, um, again, 
businesses do have to make decisions at the end and not every decision is going to make everybody happy. Um, discussions are very important, obviously, but based on your experience, um, is there a certain point where, you know, businesses have to say, okay, let's, you know, put a stop to a discussion. We do need to come up with a decision. Like where's that kind of stage you think? Well, that's leadership, right? That's having a strong leadership that mm -hmm. they know every decision. And I tell employees, every decision you're not going to know about. Stop asking for transparency. You're never going to get that. It's not your business. Ask mm -hmm. for visibility. Mm -hmm. Visibility is you have an understanding the direction you're going in and how yeah. you're getting there. And so that means leadership must communicate that. Everything's not going to be a vote. And if you've built a culture of communication mm -hmm. and and equity where people feel that they're invested in and whatever their job is, whether it's the mailroom or the boardroom, mm -hmm. then you have the trust as leadership to make those moves. That's mm -hmm. where the disconnect is. Um, so, um, well, th thanks for, you know, your thoughts on diversity and inclusion. Um, do you, you know, besides these two issues, um, are there, is there anything else that you feel is really important in how you find meaning? in the work you do and the work you do with your clients? You know, I, I'm, I'm tough on my clients as I'm tough on myself because right. Um, right. I want them to succeed. And mm -hmm. so when I went to an office yesterday that I worked with for six months in the midst of a restructure and craziness, and I walked in and the staff came up to me and said, what you gave us, we're still using today. Did you go see the wall? We put our values up on the wall, but we're living the values that mm -hmm. you helped after 20 years for us to finally organize and get done. And they looked and they said, I hope you're happy. I hope we're, we're someone you speak about. Mm -hmm. And I said, but you all worked really hard <laughs> in a very short period of time, but you wanted to turn it around. Mm -hmm. And that's important to me. That is joy. But I find joy by just... You know, I'm the, the crazy person that finds something new I can speak about, a new way I can add into a workshop, mm -hmm. a, a new conversation of the same conversation, but a new way to have it. Mm -hmm. And so that gives me joy. I love, I really do love what I do. Right. And so I'm always looking for new ways to keep the conversation going. Mm. Well, do you, do you have a secret to, to find out? Your, where your passion lies because you know it's no secret that a lot of people don't like their nine-to-five jobs and and right. it's easy to tell them to have passion in what they do but if it were that easy then there won't be so many people being so unhappy so you know how would you advise people in how to find passion in what they do well number one it's not the job's responsibility to give you passion that's mm -hmm. number one you have to find passion within yourself and mm -hmm. let's be honest, maybe there's, you don't like what you do. That, that's okay. Is there something else you're passionate about? Do you go home and bake? Mm -hmm. Do you go home and you play sports or you sing or you baby, whatever that is. It's about, shouldn't be all about your work. It should be about your life. Right. And if your life, you have pieces of it's passionate. There's going to be things that I have to do in my work that I don't like. There's conversations. I'm like, oh, here we go. Mm -hmm. Or I have to let someone go. I'm not passionate about helping someone be let go of a job. 
but I'm passionate about making sure they have the right people and how it's being done. Mm -hmm. And so, but when I leave that, I'm still going to go be passionate about having a great cheese board and maybe a glass of wine. That's something. So it's not one thing that you should have passion about. You should have, you should be passionate about mm -hmm. many things in your life. Mm. And so I, I, I vote, I really hope people will find that if it's reading a book, mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. What is it that brings you joy? Mm. Well, so so lastly, uh, shortly before we end uh, the interview, um, do you have any advice for uh, people who are thinking of um, changing jobs or getting into entrepreneurship? Because um, hum it's human nature not to like changes a lot of the times. Um, how would you advise these people? For some, if you can volunteer somewhere and see if you're going to even like the job, what it really looks like, I would say do that. Right. Really do your research. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, this is not for the faint of heart. You mm. need to be able to afford insurance. You need right. to be able to decide what type of formation you're going to build your business. Is it an LLC? Is it a corporation? Um, making sure that you have a good tax person, a good lawyer. Mm. We're not even talking about your passion yet. We're just talking about the business at hand. If you right. don't like business <laughs> mm -hmm. and you just like twiddling over there, you may need to find a partner that's really good with that. Mm. Because they have to blend. Right. You just can't be best kept secret because you have a passion about it. So mm. go volunteer in the things that you want to do. Try them out. Take a course. See if you like it before you jump in. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, um, it, it's it's been a great interview and great honor to have you here, uh, Leslie. Um, you know, I wish your business all the success and hope to see you again soon. Likewise. And the same for yours. Thank you. Thank you.